I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Sarah Pascoe. Hello, I'm Carrie Adloyd. And we're weird about books. We love to read. We read too much. We talk too much. About the too much that we've read. Which is why we've created The, the Weirdos, Weirdos Book Club. Club. Join us! A space for the lonely outsider to feel accepted and appreciated. A place for the person who'd love to be in a real book club, but doesn't like wine or nibbles. Or being around other people. Is that you? Join us. Check out our Instagram, at Sarah and Carrie Ads Weirdos Book Club, for the upcoming books we're going to be discussing. You can read along. And share your opinions. Or just skulk around in your raincoat like the weirdo you are. Thank, Thank you for reading with us. We, we like reading with you. This week's book guest is... Beyond Black by Hilary Mantel. What's it about? It's about a psychic called Alison who's haunted by spirit guides and her assistant Colette as they navigate life on the road in 1997 suburban England. What qualifies it for the Weirdos Book Club? Well, most of the characters are horrible ghosts. In this episode, we discuss touring, mediums, the occult and Princess Diana. And joining us this week is Mike Wozniak. Mike is a critically lauded comedian and actor. Catch him live if you can, or listen to the very, very funny Three Bean Salad podcast. Trigger warning, this episode contains mention of murder, child abuse, eating disorders and abortion. Hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Mike. Hi, yeah. We're really excited to yeah. talk to you and see you. I'm excited to see you. Both. I'm excited. But not about the chatting well, about the chatting books. Pretty, well, this is the most sort of trepidations I've been about doing a podcast, I Why? think. Why? Are we intimidated? Do they feel like an exam? Are you scared of us? You, you, I, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I think you've both got English literature degrees. Correct. The same one. Mm. Right. So, yeah, sort of Consistent. Brighton, Sussex type yeah, business. Yeah. Yeah. You've been listening over the past 15 years. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's gone in. It's gone in. I don't have that. The last time oh, I you've formally got your, you've got a little medical degree. Yeah, just we a tiny medical we didn't degree. Cover contemporary fiction. In Did the, they not? That's the problem with the NHS. Yeah, exactly. They need That's to cover this wrong. stuff. They need yeah. to. I don't think I've formally studied literature since GCSE. But you are very clever. I pretend to be clever. You've got a clever sounding voice and a uh, moustache. I know, but that's it. But that's that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's the middle-aged man's trick, oh, isn't it? Most readers wouldn't have official qualifications in reading, but you wouldn't no. think, oh, that precludes how they feel mm. about a book or their yeah. thoughts about a book. Oh, no, that's true. I'd agree with that. But wh- whether or not anyone... <laughs> Thank you for agreeing it, Mr. <laughs> Dr. White. <laughs> <laughs> whether or not anyone necessarily wants me to add my tuppence in, we want your tuppence. Okay, but yeah. even GCSE level, you see, my, my sister yeah. 
Is she more the Englishy side? Well, she she also did English literature. Right. Could we book her for yes. a different episode? She, <laughs> yeah. So she, twi- so twin sister also meant that basically I, as a teenager, just copied her homework. So even at the age of thirteen, I wasn't engaging fully oh, in the wow. process. Okay. So I have not. How near does my... she live? Can she get here? She's a couple in minutes. Minutes. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's up the road. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she. Can I think quick. this is. I think this is what's good about adulthood yeah. because what you've just confessed yeah. <laughs> is that you were able to sort of, you know, uh, like a goose fly behind someone yeah. in the slipstream of your sister's intelligence. Yes, exactly. Whereas yeah. now it's time a to flourish by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for you to be open and realise that everything you've got to say is valid and people do care. Yeah. We care. Okay. If you want to suddenly... So the solo goose gets cooked. <laughs> The worm. The, the worm, the yeah, exactly. worm. I'm misremembering it. Yeah, okay. No, the solo goose. Solo goose gets the worm. Well done, goose. <laughs> solo Happy goose Christmas. goes to Waterstones. Okay. Buys something they like the look of, learns a bit about themselves. Yeah. And maybe is able to buy it just off points. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah. but paperback, not hardback, because he's got wings. Yeah, right. yeah. Or tiny goose feet. <laughs> also, if you at any point you want to just break out into like medical lingo to make yourself feel confident again. All oh, right. Okay. And then have me and Sarah be like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. So like the balance is restored. Also, I think there's probably been advances in medicine since you were practising, isn't there? Oh, I certainly hope so. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while. No more leeches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not anymore. It's leech it or chop it off, basically. That's why I can remember. As they shouldn't let yeah. goose, gooses become doctors. That's <laughs> no. Geese? Gooses. Let's go gooses. Let's try and bring that back. I would uh, love to start, Mike, by asking Carrie had a question, which is, why did you pick this book for us to read? Well, that's a bit of a tricksy question. I didn't quite pick it. It was on our list mm. of books. So we have a list of books that we but think you, would be good. But you put it on our list. No, I offered Mike three. And oh, Mike no, I mean, it. you would put it on our list originally. Oh, originally, just because... Uh, Hilary Mantel. We love mm-hmm. Hilary Mantel. Yeah. We fucking love Hilary Mantel. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you're not going to give someone Wolf Hall for this podcast. That's harsh. And you're not going to give them Place no. of Greater Safety. We would. Oh, I, which is the first Mantel I read, and I think still probably my favourite. And that is a hefty, hefty. It's tone. about okay. the French Revolution. I've not read that. It's one. huge. No. I. It would be cruel. Yeah. And so, in my memory, Beyond Black was the lighter of her. Oh, I see. So it so was, was a length like, thing. I was like, okay. oh, it's a bit lighter, and this also is a Mantel novella. Yeah, and also I thought. Lots of people haven't read this one or haven't yeah. aren't familiar with it because they're mostly familiar with the Wolf Hall trilogy. She won the Booker Prize. Time she's like the John Kearns of literature. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. John Kearns. She said that she referred to herself as the John Kearns <laughs> of literature. This was also long listed for the Booker Prize. So she was, everything she touches yeah. turns to gold. So I actually gave Mike a list of three, and mm. I something about this. I thought, oh yeah, Mantel and the the sort of psychicness. I don't know. I thought, well, I think Mike would like that. So that's what I can't remember what the other two were now. But I wasn't Maybe. instantly drawn to this one. Oh, well, that's good. Have you ever read any Mantel before? Only Wolf Hall, okay. that's it. But what was your first response? The very, very first impression. Mm. Yeah. Opening, well, to be completely honest, the very first opening, the sort of prologue bit, reminded me, it sounds a bit narcissistic, mm. reminded me of starting stand-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah going to small it was, towns. It was quite and visceral. To, and not just small yeah. towns, but the fact that she, Alison focuses around these... Sort of dormitory towns yes. around London. It felt That's such felt a like good comparison. It's kind of phase one B of stand up. Yeah, so phase yeah. one, you're doing these sort of you're properly in the middle of a huge city, doing a tiny little open mic thing, and then all of a sudden there's this opportunity. Oh, you could you could do the middle spot for twenty quid in, in, in Fleet, <laughs> you know, and you'd go there. But it wouldn't. It would be there'd also be a quiz going on on the same night in the pub in yeah, Fleet. You'd yeah. be performing on the sort of space between the Strongbow and the the Extra Cold. 
Guinness, there's a fruit machine that's still yeah. on. The, the guy the, refuses to turn The venue manager off. comes in and says to you, nice to have a woman. Don't yeah. know how they'll like it, but yeah. nice to have one. <laughs> exactly. Did they say that to you, Mike? All that's, exactly. I'm sick and tired of that. <laughs> All that's going on. And you know that Fleet has definitely got a serviceable art centre. There must mm. be one. But so that, why are you here? That, that's not where the gig is. Yeah. So it's that. We should say Alison is a psychic medium. Yes. And that's what she's doing. She's going around doing... Um, Give psychic Are we assuming the listeners might not have read the... We ask, because not everybody, <laughs> no one has the time, as you know, to read all the books. Okay. What we Spoilers hope is that there. people listen to think, oh, I would like to read that. Okay. But I'm just telling books. them, so why it's like stand-up, because yeah. she is also on a circuit doing psychic shows. Really. And, nerv- and nervous before she goes out. I mean, yeah. looking at the audience to think, you know, who are they? Yeah, the trade, as they're called. Although yeah. one thing, <laughs> yes, I, I was troubled about, I, I'll just be honest, I, I found a lot of this book troubling on a a reread. Oh, on a reread, so many years later. There, yes, there was a few things that definitely. The travel card I found in there was 2010. It came out in 2005. Yes, I think I must have read it in 2010, and um, didn't remember a single word. Right, which is scary, isn't it? I tell you, I remembered 100 percent the opening because it's set in Potter's Bar, which is where I went to school, Ah. and she describes Potter's Bar as a kind of hellhole. And I, she's that's what I clapped immediately. I I was like, yeah, because starting the way she describes, the way she describes Potter's Bar, is yeah. Four o'clock, light sinking over the orbital road, tea time in Enfield, night falling on Potter's Bar. It it, it yeah. makes it so more abandoned it? fridges than people on the streets. Yeah, I, I thought she was very judgmental of the people of Britain. <laughs> a fair play to Potter's Bar, personally. I think she did well on that. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, there were times where I couldn't, you know, with an author, where you think, do you really think that, or mm. does, does your narrator or your character? Yeah, think does that? Alison think that? Does Hillary think it? Yeah. Yes. And I, I, there were several things where I was like, it made me really fascinated about Hillary Mann going oh you really do hate the common man and woman (laughs) i know what you mean yeah i I feel like i didn't know much about her background though her early life so i didn't know if she had a privileged upbringing or it's a bit of a mix actually and yeah and she had quite difficult childhood i think yeah equally she she had her own what she thinks was sort of psychic experiences. She believed in ghosts. Yeah. And um, at the back of the book, there's a short interview of her in my one, and it says, she says, the good thing about being a writer is you take your bad experience and make them pay. Oh, wow. Yeah, which made yeah. me... Th- and obviously there's lots and lots of bad experiences in this book. Yeah. And again, yeah. makes you think, oh, gosh. Yeah, I sort of yeah. hope it isn't autobiographical. Yes, yes, I really hope Really sort that. of deeply. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, Alison is... I think Alison... So Alison is a, a genuine psychic mm. uh, in mm. this story uh, in that she really can speak to spirits, but her spirits are horrible, horrible, foul fiends, she calls them, who are the old men who have died, but essentially what we discover used to hang around her mother who was a prostitute yeah. and hang out at the house with her and potentially molested her as well so it but this is all dealt with the very like not you know what i mean it's not in that kind of like that doesn't come out that takes ages to come out it's and even drip fed, isn't it? it's drip fed yeah. and even it's never confirmed yeah. alison can't remember so there's a lot of stuff about memory yeah and struggling to like what does it mean with the past and what the past haunt literally haunting and also you. it's important to flag it is a comedy <laughs> yeah <laughs> because so, so yeah so it's a very black dark comedy yeah where there are some incredible jokes, yep. while, yes, the background is horrific. Yeah, and I think... I, Every I, single trigger warning. Yeah, trigger warning, but like you, like you, I didn't remember any of that being... Well, I think there. I enjoyed it the first time. I think it is a novel that's 
we've moved into a different time. I so think, in I 2005, think, you re- I would have read this very differently to now. I think young people are psychopathic or less, much less empathetic. That's what I think it is. I think in my 20s, I read loads of stuff mm-hmm. where awful things happened and none of it touched me. And now I'm... I think you just don't you don't quite grasp it. Like I didn't mm. quite grasp how awful her Alison's childhood was. Mm. Whereas rereading it, that there's a bit. There's a so we should all say she gets an assistant called Colette, who is very unsympathetic to everybody, and their relationship is basically the core of the book. But when they do talk about what happened to Alison, Colette kind of makes a joke and is like, "Your mum, your mum had you molested," and she sounds like she sold tickets to it. And then it's kind of, they start talking about something else. She's another abuser, basically. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does become that way, doesn't she? Did you like Colette to begin with, Mike? I was was suspicious of Colette. Mm. You're definitely meant to be, aren't you? To to begin with. There was this this odd thing where in the opening, the first time you meet Colette, when they're, they're they're quite well established in their relationship, Colette is already physically disgusted by Alison's physical appearance Alison's yeah, so weight. Alison yeah. is much bigger than Colette Colette is described as you know bird-like Very and skinny thin and, yeah. and, and Alison is much bigger and, and there's a line that Alison says she's a size 20 and Colette's like you're a size 26 and you are embarrassed about it yeah. and they can't like the weight is a huge issue with both of them yeah, yeah. so she can be scathing and she's also openly sceptical about the whole thing yeah, that they're doing yeah. even though at no point would Alison ever admit there's anything to be sceptical about which would be which would sort of chip away at a person a fair bit. And uh, there's also this thing, which again has got sort of showbiz parallel, where... Uh, yeah, because she's kind uh, of a manager. She's, yeah, she's uh, Alison is manager. Sort of, she's sort of infantilised a little bit. Yeah. by her. Even if Alison suggests a drink in the opening, mm. she says, no, no, what about this drink? Don't have a tea or a coffee, have a G&T or whatever. It, it, there's the little bits of control. Do, do you have someone that goes on tour with you? <laughs> That like. always makes always chooses my drink because it is lovely to have someone to take that responsibility. I once did to support for Catherine Ryan when she played Colchester, yeah. um, because then my family could get in for free, and yeah. so it all worked out lovely. And when we got in the car back to London, we all had a can of gin and tonic next to us in the car. <laughs> oh, nice! And I was like, "Oh, this is how you live, Catherine Ryan, isn't it? A little can yeah, of Marks Spencer's. You don't even have to think. Do I want no. a gin and tonic? Just drink it. Just drink it. Just don't drink think, it. You've got one. Don't think no, about you what can, happened. And you can get. To, I mean, I don't. I I go to s- solo. Partly because I think I will just completely lose my marbles mm. otherwise. But you can't, it'd be very easy as a performer to just let everyone sort of do everything for you, guide you here and there, yeah. tell you what you're doing, when. As you become more successful, there's more people. These things can be, skills can be stripped away, I yeah. think. Who can, yeah, who wants to take that from you? Yeah. They have a really interesting relationship in that coercive control is yeah. at play. Colette controls her food, is constantly at her about her weight. At the end. But also, yeah. Alison, as you said, let lets her, sometimes enjoys it. And I my question for everyone was like, what what is changed at the end of this book? Because they 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 are together for seven years mm-hmm. and it becomes extremely destructive. And I sort of feel like Alison gets something from this relationship as, you know, not really a spoiler, but like she, her life changes. She kind yeah. of changes how she is a psychic. But Colette seems to come into her life, spend seven years telling her she's a piece of shit, <laughs> and then goes back to her well, at life. At the beginning, I thought Colette was fantastic because she was so organised. Yeah, she's she really skilled. Allow, she does yeah. allow, you know, at the beginning it seemed like she was an enabler yeah. to Alison, and then it became abusive. I but don't think why she was look- a very well-rounded character. I didn't. Oh, do you not? I don't think she was necessarily real because her voice at the end just seemed to be to criticise Alison. It didn't. It didn't seem like there was a real person. But this there. is what I found interesting: is that 
like you say, the reason they get on is Colette comes in and basically sort Alison, you know, she can't book her gigs. She can't do her email. She can't do her taxes. She's not monetizing her work yeah. properly. She's not doing her fat return. So Having Co- all of that stuff taken away from yeah. you. So Colette comes in, sorts it all out. And there's a bit where they're very happy and they buy a house together. And well, Alison's very lonely. So she's yeah. sort of buying Colette. She sort of wants company. Yeah. And, and a live person. But this is what's interesting. I yes. think Colette Crucially. is very critical and horrible to her, sort of in this world. So you can hear Colette being horrible. But Alison is actually very manipulative and kind of uses Colette to get... At the end, I was like, Alison has benefited from this relationship. And the whole time, there's lots of Alison not saying things to Colette, but making decisions about Colette. Does that make sense? Mm. That... Colette will be like, oh, you're you're disgusting, you're overweight, I hate you. And Alison won't say anything, but she'll be like, I sort of don't need you anymore and I've kind of got what I need. And then mm. they kind of break up. And I, at the end of it, I was like, I found Colette really believable, but I was I was frustrated that she just went back to her, she went back to Gavin, awful Gavin. Oh, so do you think Alison, because this I is... I think Alison has more power it, than she lets on. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, because so, it, okay. But Alison dies so at the regards- end. What? Did you think she died at the end? I didn't, no. no. Did you think she died at the no. end? No. I think That's she dies at the end. Where, where do you say that? When the lorry overtakes them and there's like, the sense, it's, it's a bleak, but she dies on the, on, on, in the car, happy with two ghosts. I didn't get that. <laughs> I don't think she dies. Is, I don't think she dies. She puts dies. her foot down to overtake in the fast lane a massive truck and she's half hidden by the spray. And then it stops. Oh, Okay. I think she dies. Yeah, a, I think. Yeah, maybe you're I right. I've just realised one of my favourite things is someone revealing to me that someone was dead at the end. It's <laughs> such a sweet move. I think I'm like, going to start doing yeah. it willy nilly. Yeah. yeah. For all kinds of stuff. But have you seen the Barbie movie? Oh, it's so <laughs> she's dead all along, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't get that. But I, now you say it, I think you're right. I think there is so much in this book which is oblique, if that's the right word, opaque. Sort of, she tells you mistily, and I think yes. this moment is very similar. Yeah. So it's a happy ending, but it is a happy ending but of her that, passing over. Yes, and okay. but that's what I mean is Alison gets what she wants at the end, and I De- don't think cake. Yeah, and I, yeah. like she gets nice ghosts. She gets rid of her fiends, Lovely these horrible ghosts. men that haunted her life. Yeah. She gets the old lady ghosts, and she gets her memories, doesn't she? She gets her memories, and she discovers what happened, and she sort of processes it. Yeah. But I feel like Alison, that character, really moves, and yet I feel like Colette doesn't, and that's sort of. I feel like Hillary's saying that's Colette's kind of like... What's well, her judgment on a woman like that? Is yeah. that actually, you never want anything and so you end up going back to where you started. Yeah, that's but that's why I, like, I found it real because mm. I was like, there's people in life that want to change and people that don't mm. and Colette doesn't want well, to be do changed. Don't do the work, as Lou Sanders would say. Don't do the work. Don't do the don't work. Do the work. <laughs> Didn't do the work. So, so do you think Alison got rid of Colette in the end? Because she yeah, is very passive in the relationship. I think that she... That's it's, an interesting it's take. It's passive, but I think by the end... Like a breakup when someone knows that they want to break up. Yeah. And they, they don't do break up by, doing, mm. by saying, I think we're having problems. They yeah. break up by continuing the habits that are irritating the other yeah. person. So that they, they leave. Yeah, she becomes... She, she does kick it over to this... She crosses the line with Colette, doesn't yeah. she? And becomes... Like, it is unbearable. And then when she takes in that... Right. The homeless guy... Mart. All of that, she knowing knows full is well that that knowing will full be well that Colette anathema. Will, yeah, Colette, Colette will not be able to ch- handle that. Yeah. And she also is watching Colette all the time. Like when she sees her with Gavin, the phone calls. She, you know, she she, she says, can re- she can read she her mind. She can read her mind. Yeah. I think Alison knew she needed Colette, 
Colette came, sorted her life out, helped her, and then she realised, oh, Colette's not going to get rid of um, Morris. I have to get rid of Morris. Yeah. Mm. And then I think, yeah, I think Alison has more okay. power than she lets on, but I still think Colette is, is quite a horrible character. <laughs> Bring it back to Alison's size, mm. which is what Colette yes. keeps going on about yeah. obsessively. And she starves her at the end and isn't yeah. letting her, the just controlling her horrific. food, you yeah. know. That was something, again, where I wondered what Hillary, the human Ooh. being writing this, felt about it. And, and, and this felt so fatphobic. It felt that there were, it felt, felt like there was so much hatred. And I know it was via a character and characters. Yeah. Many characters referred to her as a fat girl or the fat woman. Yeah, or yeah her it size. comes up all the time. Yeah. Um, and there were lots of, and I'm going to say this in inverted commas, jokes about her weight and, oh, you won't need to eat that and, yeah. or oh, not for you, that, that kind of thing. And I didn't know where she sat with it, whether she was really enjoying it as someone who has had people say horrible things mm. to her perhaps or been bullied at school or something. I assumed bit, it was, she was cathartic. I don't know. Really? I, that's I, why I, I hope assumed, it was. Yeah, that's, yeah I hoped. I, I hope yeah, it, it was. was the, that was the idea that she's... A bit like a comic, being like, pay. I'm going to make the joke before you do. Yeah. I know. Of, but, and, there's, and there's two ways of that. There's the way where you go, oh, ha, 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 we're laughing because you actually really love yourself and are comfortable and are showing how stupid it is to judge someone on something like mm. their size. And then there's the other kind that I remember watching a new comic talking about chubby chasers. And it was really uncomfortable because she was a really attractive young woman saying like the only men I can get are called have you heard of chubby chasers and you're like well, this is all this is all horrible yeah because what you what you're picking up on is low self-esteem as someone who isn't right. in that you know yeah it actually is place yeah yet. I think yeah. it, they, they think other people think they're fat so they're saying it first is different to I think reading yeah. anything in 2023 that isn't from like the last three years mm. is really like your brain has to work hard because so much has changed since 2005 what I found really interesting was Alison's description of she needs that weight because of the spirits so because mm. she has this like they're so horrific and she describes it as like i have to house so many people my flesh is so capacious i am a settlement a place of safety a bomb-proof shelter boom she said softly and i found that description of like yeah. her emotional connection to it really fascinating well also you know fat is a feminist issue by Susie Orbach and what one of the things that she talks about a lot is fat as protection mm. from the world people who have had uh, upsetting childhoods mm. or certain things that there's literally an insulation yeah and that's to what protect I you from other people Alison's and doing. to push other people away to, yeah. to give you more room from other people but the fact that because she gets so many these spirits overtake her and like she speaks in different voices and she can't control them so Mike, Mike I was going to ask you though about yeah. uh, you know the occult the other side in general yeah. have you ever been to a psychic or been interested oh, yeah. I'm interested I've never been I'm interested I yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say your that aura I'd... doesn't have much to tell. No, exactly. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, just a sort of collect based sort of just a, <laughs> sort of cipher of nothing. I'm intrigued by it. Mm. I love all that stuff. But I've never, I've never, I've never been. So would at a you be seance. easily persuaded to go if someone said, "Oh, I'm going to, you know, going to a reading"? Oh yeah, I'd be, I'd be bang up for going just just out of curiosity, and more so after reading this book. Yeah. Oh yeah, so do explore the scene. And yeah. I'm open to the idea that there's. There are things going on that we don't quite understand, yeah. but that might even just be psychological, you know, yes, whatever it might be. Absolutely, because it's so huge. People's experiences of the, of the paranormal. Mm. I don't necessarily believe that there are spectral things yeah. out there, but I, I think we haven't quite understood what's happening in the brain. No. And yeah. also, but also, a lot of the people who do this kind of job, what they're reading is the person in front of them uh, yeah. very well. Yeah, 
and saying it's coming from the other side. So right, which Alison is able to do a bit yes. as well, isn't she? Yeah, yeah she's good at the trade, the, like standing on stage. Giving, when not, not much is happening or if she's being intruded by the wrong kind of... Yes. I love that she has ghosts that are hoaxers. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or she says, like, impersonators, if they're yeah. like an Elvis mm. impersonator here, yeah. when they get on the other side, they stay hassling you being an Elvis Coming impersonator. Coming through as Elvis, yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah, I know you're fake. Yeah, uh, yeah I think her... It's a lovely idea. The way Hilary Mantel describes the spirit world and the way she describes the dead is of, like, you can't trust them. Like, they don't know what they're saying. They don't, so they don't, they don't always know they're dead. Mm. They're unreliable. They're unreliable narrators. I and they're legion so interesting. as well. They, I yeah. think they even put the numbers in somewhere. One yes. of the yeah. mediums says they, they outnumber us 30 to 1. Or yeah. yeah. Like. And then she says, what does it look like on the other side? It's like, older shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What did we think of the Princess Diana stuff? I, so I, I love that stuff. In the book, I absolutely love that. Diana section. dies. Um, it, it is set, set in 1997. Diana dies, and all the psychics feel the effect greatly. Yeah. Obviously, Hilary Mantel was also famous. She's written lots of uh, that about famous essay about the yeah. royal family and Kate Middleton, and you definitely get her sense of. I don't think she was a big fan of, if not Princess Diana herself the outpouring for Princess Diana. That was another moment where I thought the author's opinion here is coming through. Did you think that? Because yeah. for me, it felt more like a reflection of it. And there was definitely, I know she definitely wasn't like pro everybody, yeah, but I it just felt like an honest reflection of what Britain was like at that point to me. Mm. I didn't see or hear her, her opinion as much as I felt like, yeah, that's what it was like. There was this huge, insane outpouring. Really, yeah. And it was I about... Think she, I think I felt like she found it ghoulish. Because mm. it was... I think one of the elements I really love that not only the medium, all the sensitive casts, they under, they feel it themselves, but they then have this huge amount of work because everyone, everyone all of wants their to clients, talk to Diana. <laughs> but it's so much work. It's not as if no one's talking about a boom time. It's not like mm. brilliant. We're printing money here. We're going to be able to afford to go off on a package holiday to Mallorca or whatever it is. It's they're exhausted. They, mm. they can't wait for it to yeah 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 settle down. They're done in. Yeah, but she keeps making the point that everyone who wants to talk about Princess Diana is actually talking about themselves. Yeah, yeah. The reason they thought she represented them and was like them. And that um, my dad, um, not just about Princess Diana, but many things, uh, <laughs> is the kind of person that if you're crying at the news, would walk in and go, you're crying for yourself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're crying for yourself. And Princess Diana, of course, was a big... All, everyone's crying for themselves. Everyone was yeah. crying for themselves, yeah. yeah. And that's what Hilary Mantel was saying in a more sophisticated way. 
And yeah, um, about the representation of Diana. I didn't mind. I feel like that, like. I didn't mind that. Did you feel like it was too much Mantel's opinion? I thought it was a little spiteful. But again, I don't know if it's her opinion or if it's the characters. There mm. were lots and lots of points where look, there was loads of racist language in this oh, book. Oh, we should talk about that so much. And, and, you know, and there's a variety of racism, disabledist language, all these yeah. kind of things. The word ethnics is used yeah. a lot by yeah. central yeah. characters. Yeah. Does she think this is a true representation mm. of how certain people speak? I, yeah. was, I was surprised at quite how racist Alison and Colette were in that kind of... This is a, I don't mean this, but like that light racism of just like, oh, I, I, I just uh, yeah. referring to everyone as other. Basically. I wanted to yeah. say lazy. I don't want to do racism. business with. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah. She from... says I don't do foreigns. Yeah. At one yeah, yeah. Point. yeah, and that's the thing. So with the Princess Diana thing was the way they spoke about Dodie. So there was even oh, racism. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in, yeah. in yeah. those areas, so and that's why it felt spiteful. It felt like the representation of her was a bit dim, and then she forgets her son's names. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingy, yeah. So, she calls one. Yes, yes that yeah. was that was really weird. So, so, <laughs> so, so because she was a real person, this is why I say I felt troubled with it. Mm. It reminded me of watching a comic. I know because Hilary Mantel is a really, really, really funny writer. A br- brilliant, yeah. yeah. Watching a comic, not knowing. <laughs> Do you mean that or not? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what it reminds me of going, are you in control of this? And you're actually really, you know, agitating me and, sh- and showing me something. Yeah. Or not. And she doesn't ever tell you because it's a novel. She doesn't go. That's true. Because yeah. it is a good illustration of commuter belt. Yeah, England. yeah. At that time, there yeah. would have been lots of, the, lots of that language and lots of, I mean, as a historical document for turn of the millennium. Yeah. There would, there would have been a lot of that. Yeah, you go to about. a friend's house after school and you have to listen to their dad using a certain language. Yeah, That's what yeah. it reminds me of, and that uncomfortableness. I can't make you stop. Yeah, yeah. I think my issue yeah. is that, and I say this as someone who tours, is that it's very easy to do a two-dimensional, these people are all like that. Oh, and yeah, it's a yeah. kind of othering where actually everyone, you know, cares about their family, yeah. worries, has anxieties about the dog's been limping. Everyone has this spectrum of human emotion and it's really easy to go, they just care about this or they're just this thing that's... And a lot of comedy does it. We reduce people so we can yeah. Yeah, make, make, a joke. Make, make jokes about them, which is what this book does. But it's uh, interesting because yeah. I totally I totally agree with you. And the new build, the couple that live next door are like from a sitcom, mm. you know, like they're just yeah. this awful... Like who hate their kids and their yeah. kids are screaming and they're so nosy and they're really... And they assume they're lesbians because they're two yeah, women living exactly. together. Exactly, and you know... But what's so interesting about Mantel is she can create characters that are so complex and so subtle mm. and not that, but then she does also do that. So I know yes. I completely agree with you, but she, and I think Wolf Hall, if you've read any of those, like the characters there are a masterclass in mm. like subtlety and nuance and people not always yes. being what they say yeah. they are. She allows herself to old sketch, doesn't she? Yeah. Like if she's got a salesperson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the, the, the quite person separate. who sells them the house, the house, and then the shed. There's another yes, one. There's like, yeah. oh yeah, the shed. Both like little yeah. bits of satire into yeah. yeah. Sales. It's the only. It's the only industry there is because it's a dormitory town. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. No else. one works there. The mm. only people who work there are the people who are selling you stuff yeah. you don't want or. Yeah, she is very definitely snobby about it. I definitely I, picked I think, up the snobbiness. I think this is why I found it troubling yeah it's because it's a it's a comedy book about really really dark things yeah and comedy is flippant and comedy does is sketches and so but then the heavy side of it i think it's probably where i am in my actual life i couldn't help taking certain stuff literally Mm. or like wanting her to take i wanted to sort of go come on don't just drop in some child abuse (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah. Like I I found like I said when when it sort of revealed what's happened to Alison and Colette is so offhand about it. I had to go back and reread that because I was like, have I just mm. did I miss something? Because there's because before that it's all very shadowy and vague of like what happened with these men and her mum and there was money and she saw something in the back of the garden but we don't know what she saw yeah. and and then when it starts getting nailed down a bit, you're like, what the? Fuck? But even quite early on, there's a, a dog attack. Yeah. yeah. And then the dog is attacked in turn. Well, I think also that she's using it as well for the character of Alison, that Alison is is trying to better herself. And Mm. Alison's trying to drag, and she says, doesn't she, to Colette, like, you don't understand, I'm the house that had the bathtub in the front garden and it was there my whole life. Like, that's where I'm from. I'm Mm. from nothing. What I Mm. liked about Mm. it, what reminded me of my side of the family the idea that when trauma comes in it's everything's treated as a joke yes and yes. that felt very real to me okay even though i know what you mean about being snobbish it felt very real that it's just like oh well pff, that what you know yeah. worst things happen at sea like sure. there you go which is what colette's attitude is you're crying for yourself yes. yeah it's yeah. just like but nobody alison doesn't like you said that feeling yeah. of wanting alison to take what happened to her seriously she can't because no one does colette well, not, doesn't not her mum doesn't i didn't need alison to do it i needed the writer that, uh, I, but I feel yeah. like Hillary is being led by Alison. Do you know what I mean? I feel like Alison doesn't take it seriously. So it would be very hard for Hillary to then come in oh, and moralise. Hillary definitely wrote the book she intended to write. Yeah. I think reading it now, newly postpartum, yeah. is why I'm just taking everything too literally. Everything's yeah. too emotional. And so someone being flippant about something involving a child... Right. I just cannot. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. And that's why I think it didn't bother me the first time around. I just read it as, you know, hilarious black comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. I think I think Hillary is allowing Alison to have such a strong voice that Alison can't look at it. And so nobody looks mm. at it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it takes Alison to the end of the book to even remember what actually happened to her. Mm. And even, you know, she's... I sort of get the impression she's 40s and she's still, like, Colette's one of the first people to be like, what happened? She's like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, oh yeah, my childhood. Which nowadays we talk about so much like our childhood yeah. and how we're affected. But she's definitely that generation that's like, oh, yes, gosh, they were, it was really awful. And there was all these criminals and I was attacked by a dog. Anyway, like, mm. Alison, no one's ever looked at Alison's Colette is very impatient about, doesn't want to, yeah. that, you know, which we've all come across, people that... Very uncomfortable as soon as that starts. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't change what what we have to do now. We have to work out which junction we're going to take on the (laughs) Yeah. Carrot, have you ever been to a psychic? Um, Yes, I have. Yeah, in Brighton. Couple of times, obviously, living in Brighton. As in for reading reading or. I've had a a I had a tarot. Uh, oh, and I haven't been had a I haven't been to a show show. No, yeah. I had a tarot, which was it was pretty much on the Brighton front, and it was it was a bit I felt. Can you remember any of the cards? Um, I can't remember the did cards. They say you're going to have a book podcast one day. <laughs> yeah, what they did say, and I said, "What's podcast?" <laughs> no, he said. I knew it was bullshit because he was like, oh, you're going to marry, your husband will not be, you'll be much cleverer than your husband, but he won't know. (laughs) True, actually true. But, um, and he said, that's true of every woman with a husband. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's the old trick, isn't it? That's like Alison with the, middle-aged woman who she says oh you're on the go you're a real goer yeah helping other people but you never stop do you never Never sit down yeah or your friends say how'd you do it (laughs) someone furiously nodding yeah and i do you remember were you there when we did that i had to do like we had to do like an interactive theater thing and i played a psychic but you really looked like a psychic and people took you seriously people took me seriously so i pretended to be a a fortune teller a palm reader and just with a headscarf on it would absolutely believe she is one and i just like to caveat 
it's offensive how I dressed. <laughs> yeah. I put big hoop earrings on and I put yeah. a scarf on my head and I would not dress like that now, but it was the year 2000 and things were different then. And I, <laughs> it was like people going into a theatre and me and Vanessa were like entertainment before they went in and I was pretending to be a, a palm reader. I thought it was really was obvious. or would you rather not say? I'd rather not say. Okay. I'd rather not discuss it, Mike. Um, okay. I thought it'd be really obvious that I was not a palm reader. Yeah. But people took me immediately seriously. And within about 10 people minutes... People see what they want to see. Within about 10 <laughs> minutes, I worked out how to make some... Like, what to say to people. Mm. So just by looking at someone, and right. particularly middle-aged men, I'd grab their hand and I'd say, you work too hard. You work too hard. Your children, they never see you. Yeah. And they would look at me, They'd the blood would drain ah. from their face, and they would go... I'm underappreciated. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh shit, everyone's believing me. And again, yeah. to women, just say you're underappreciated. And I got a bit like too into it. And then my boyfriend, now husband, had to say, you've gone mad. You're, change, you're changing lives. No, he said, you think you actually can do this and you, and you can't and you've lost but, your mind. But what and you're like, proving oh, yeah. is how much of it, you know, I'd like it's to apologise to all the communities the, the, I offended the, 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 by the, doing. The psychology. The oh, psychology it was so easy. It. You're it was, giving yourself instant confirmation bias yeah. and so, all the rest of it. See? So in the year 2000, I went to a psychic who... And what's interesting is I still have it on tape. Do you? And I didn't understand at the time what she was saying to me, but she'd done a reading of me that I didn't identify because I didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I was seen. So this is quite interesting. Okay, yeah, what did they say? Uh, so... So, so the fact is, I didn't have as much money as my friends mm. and I didn't have money for clothes and things. Uh, I think I'd just started at the Millennium Dome. I'd moved out of home. I was working, um, living by myself in Leytonstone. Mm. And um, so the reading she did was, oh, this is the friend who doesn't have as much money as the other ones because they all still lived at home. Oh. So, sh- so my reading is about how I was jealous of my friends oh. and I don't have what they have. And I was sitting there thinking, this is not me at all. But she was just judging, basically. Yes. Yeah. And it's only because I still had it listened to it years later wow. that I realised, oh, that's what she was saying to me. And it was all about, like, you will have money in the future. Well, she wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> For a long time. But, but, so, but so she made she picked a thing about me. Like, oh, that's, that's the it. one in the friendship group yeah. who doesn't have, like, labelled clothes or something. Yeah, yeah. But it actually wasn't a thing that bothered me at all. You should have said, you're fraud. <laughs> no, I just, but that's that's why I realised, like, oh, of course. They're, they're yeah, just it's doing easy psychology. to pick things. Yeah. But that's why I love this book. Yeah. Because what I do love is that we all know psychics can do that. Mm. And when I started reading, the first time I read this book, we all know, like obviously, you know, lots of it is psychology and reading. But the fact that then she just starts with, oh, but Alison can genuinely yeah. hear people. And you're like, oh, my God, that's such a good character. Like, the what Morris is? is on the floor. Well, the fact that he was a, a clown in the circus yeah. and he has bowed legs because yeah. someone beat the shit out of him. <laughs> like, yeah, it's he's an incredible spirit guide. Like, what a character. Yeah. Mm. But I just love this idea that the whole time you're reading it, you're having to accept that Alison genuinely genuinely can, can hear spirits I, I, what I loved about Colette actually is that even though she absolutely saw it happening and knew Alison wasn't faking it her mind couldn't accept it yeah, so I think that's yeah. where I would stand you could absolutely Mike prove to me that you knew things that you couldn't possibly know because someone else was telling you and I would go I believe you're doing it yeah. but I don't believe it as yeah. in I can't my worldview can't change because of it um, when I was she's pregnant, just got that one moment though doesn't she that phone call oh yeah mm-hmm. the phone was, call if it wasn't for that phone call yeah to her mother-in-law I'm sure she'd be able to be she, so dismissive Obviously, she gets she a phone call from her mother-in-law in the first place yeah. yeah and and she has a brief phone call from her and then she finds out she's actually dead she's and she lied about having a day. stair lift because yeah. she's lived in a bungalow yeah, yeah. So, so then Colette has this like, oh my God, like, and she does have a spirit guide who 
actually Alison Steele's at the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, who's this like sweet old lady yeah. who's sort of following looking around. Looking for her friend. Looking for her friend, yeah. Maureen Harrison. Um, Maureen so Harrison. When I was very newly pregnant with my first son, Steen was uh, doing a press interview to Australia. He was on a Zoom. Mm. So I was about six weeks and we'd done IVF. So, you know, we were, it wasn't public yeah. knowledge or anything like that. And um, this woman said, at the end of the interview, she went, I've loved talking to you. Do you know I'm a medium? Right. What? And he said, I didn't know that. And she said, I've got this really strong message and I'm not, you know, I have quite strict morals. I don't tell people things unless they want to hear them, but I'm getting this really strong thing to, to tell you. And then he said, okay. And she said, it's about your wife. And she's, <laughs> she said, she said she's really worried. She's holding her stomach. She's really worried about her stomach. And then she went, oh, I've just realised. Oh, so she's pregnant. And then and so it was so crazy. So that happened and it was completely, completely oh crazy. My I God. know, but I still don't believe it. <laughs> Does that make Had you been talking about nothing, IVF nowhere, or anything like that nowhere, publicly? And- no, no, nothing like that. And this woman was in Australia <laughs> and didn't know who I was. At all. She wouldn't have known that Steen's wife was a comedian even. She was just, and I do believe that people can give off yeah, you know, by Zoom, up, pick up things, <laughs> even over Zoom, pick up things over each other. That's mad. It is mad. That's so, a good one. Oh, it's that's a good like it, it's media crazy. story. And yeah. I remembered it reading this book, thinking about things for us to talk about. I was like, oh shit, that happened. My my dad's side of the family, the Pascos, they have readers and psychics and um, angels and all of yeah. those kind of things, and and it's quite you know Essexy where because there's one in New Zealand, and they'll just go. I, I can't remember what her name is. It'd be like just you know. Claire from New Zealand. Claire from New Zealand rang. She says, right, <laughs> and they sort of like dobbing each other in. All the sisters, like, <laughs> why is she telling you? <laughs> telling you about that? Yeah, and she's had a lot of, you know, from New Zealand, even just like, wing gale, <laughs> wing gale. She's not well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I find I'm really yeah. tricky because I, I had tarot cards as a teenager. Mm. I was what rewatched the craft over and over again. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. And um, <laughs> I love that stuff. But then when I started doing grief cast. Mm. I actually moved very much away from it because the one yeah. thing I will say is grieving people are so vulnerable yeah, and they want to hear a message so badly mm. and I often talk about like I've had stuff with my dad that's like sort of like oh that's an unusual coincidence but I've never had like oh is it, you know like a have you had thing. people contact you saying they have messages from him yeah <laughs> family members are believers and they go to spiritualist churches mm-hmm. and they ring me up and they say so your dad said this. And okay. as I've always said, my mum and I have always said, well, it's a shame that he's fucking talking to, uh, you know, Susan from Aldershot and he's not talking to his wife and daughter. Like if he has a message, <laughs> you think he'd come and speak to me mm. rather than going to Susan from Aldershot who's drawn a picture of a bearded man and said, is this your father? Yeah. Um, People are so contactable now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. And actually he would have been very into that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have then got much more cynical as I got older. Yeah. But this, this, that's why this book appeals to me because it appeals to that teenage me that's like, <gasps> you, there are spirits and you that can talk yearning. to them. Has anyone yearning. ever contacted you saying I've got a message for you? No, there's uh, <laughs> no messages. <laughs> there's quite a senior air commodore who's done some work on my Polish grandfather's a bomber pilot, but that's very much documentation yeah. rather than spiritual stuff. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to tell. I just read you a quote that she said. Mantel said. Yeah. This was an interview with CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Okay, not CBBC. No, sorry. Not CBBC. <laughs> <laughs> she was CBBC's. Yeah, she, she did a story at bedtime. How do you feel about Hey Dougie? <laughs> she said, if Alison could remember the past, she could really nail it. Perhaps it would lose its power over her. 
And I thought that was a really, um, yeah, the idea of that's what psychics and mediums are. Sometimes manipulating, if you want to see it like that, or sometimes using to help, is the power the past have has yeah. over us. And that's what I think this book, that's why I love this book, because mm. I think it's about what the past how much it haunts us. We, mm -hmm. we, it, it's haunting Alison and whether the spirits are real or not real, you could see them as a metaphor. Mm -hmm. That is her, that's the past just constantly talking to Carried, her. what you're saying is incredibly deep and insightful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> she's haunted you by so the past. Yes, she's literally and it's haunted. it's full of ghosts. Yeah. yeah. She's literally that's haunted. That's what it is. Yeah. I get it now. Oh. <laughs> I get it now. Well, you told me she died. So we both learn. We yeah. both learn. Yeah. And I think that's what I find so interesting about Mantel's writing is I feel like she writes characters that haunt you. Like I feel like when I'm not mm. reading her books, I'm still thinking about the characters. Okay. And I felt like this with Alison, I was worrying about them. And I felt that with Wolf Hall, just like, God, what's Thomas Cromwell gonna do? Mm. How's he gonna get out of that? And I feel like she, her ability to create worlds and characters that you are just immersed in. And I would say if you've never read Mantel, like you should, cause she's one of she's our greats. Yeah. Did you enjoy it, Mike? That was I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, good. I genuinely did. I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, very recently postpartum. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I don't think I'm fully at the sort of twenties psychopath phase, <laughs> but I'm, I'm maybe somewhere else where I can I can remove myself enough that I was yeah. able to find it funny and. It was very that. funny. You still there's lots where you'd go, ooh, that's in, as yeah. you've said, yeah. but I think I was able to distance myself enough to enjoy it. I was trying I to it. write down because there were some such incredible jokes. But oh. it was a bit like. So good. Someone who has routines where the punchline is really great, but you need to know loads of stuff yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that, a brilliant bit about men. Can I just... Oh, I, I wrote that down because I was going to ask Mike to answer to it right at the beginning. Um, why can't men just stand, yeah. Colette wondered. Why do they have to sway on the spot and feel in their pockets and pat themselves up and down and suck their teeth? <laughs> Tell us, Mike, why do men have why to do that? Why can't they just stand? Uh, it's, it's guilt. <laughs> <laughs> it's guilt and shame. Fear of being found I, out. I think Mantel would like that explanation. Yeah. Do you have a last line? I didn't, I didn't have a last line. This is, I think this is a good, this is right towards the end of the book. Okay. At some point on your road, you have to turn and start walking back towards yourself. Or the past will pursue you and bite the nape of your neck, leave you bleeding in the ditch. Better to turn and face it with such weapons as you possess. Oh, Mantel. Very good. Good advice. Thanks Thank you so, so much, much Mr. Wozniak. Thanks for having me. Dr. Woz. Thank you for listening to the Weirdos Book Club. My novel Weirdo and Cariad's book, You Are Not Alone, are both available now. And you can buy tickets for our live show at Foils on the 25th of January. Available now. Thank, Thank you, you for reading with us. We, we like, like reading with you. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, uh, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. 
you don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands.